Hello and welcome back to the Portadown preview show. And um, for those of you that may have forgotten me, as I haven't been on this for, I would say, for a few weeks now, my name is Neem Campbell. Alongside me, I am joined by Johnny the King Dunlop, Portadown social media guru. Johnny, how are you keeping? I'm not too bad, Neem. Good to see you. Good to see you back. Thank you very much. Um, on top of that, obviously, Portadown haven't played in what feels like an eternity. So tonight's show is going to be, we're talking about the Korean game, um, our recent victory there. And then we're going to preview the Clippenville game, which is this Tuesday night. Um, it was obviously meant to be last weekend, but was rescheduled because of international call-ups. And then Saturday's game against Warren Point Town. So, Johnny, we'll get straight into it. Um, well, do you know what? How long? Jeez, it's two weeks ago now. Yeah, the, since we beat Corian. That's mad. Um, we were recording no. this on Sunday night. So that's two weeks ago when we beat Corian, 2-0. Um, you must have been happy, boy. I was. I was confined to my house for for um, seven days. So I had to avail of the, the We Reports TV live stream of the game. I'm sorry um, to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the match cheered me up. I, I turned the commentary down, though. Um, put it, it on mute. There's somebody on it that's... Uh, didn't know what they're talking about, but um, I'm only joking. Uh, no, um, thoroughly enjoyed it to go off on a wee bit of a tangent. This first time I've ever availed of the stream, um, and it was absolutely brilliant. It was a bit surreal watching, watching pour down, um, land in bed on the, on the TV. But um, so anybody that's, that's watching from further afield that can't get to a match on a on a Saturday or something, I thoroughly recommend it. But um. It was absolutely brilliant quality. Um, so well done to the guys behind that, like Mark Beatty and, and Matt Wright and that dodgy commentator that's on it from time to time as well. They all do a sterling job. Um, but listen, great 2-0 great win. Um, I would nearly go as far as to say it was a comfortable 2-0 win. Um, I thought we played really well. Um, great to see Adam and, and Harry on the, on, the, on the score sheet. And if somebody had told me Six weeks ago, that you know we would have consecutive league victories over back-to-back league victories over Balmain and Coleraine in consecutive weeks, and be within one point of Cork Rangers in tenth. I would have laughed at them, but got that wee bit of momentum now, and uh, we look hungry. Look, we look well drilled. We look like we know what we're doing. Um. So yeah, very happy man. I think it, on top of that, you know, in the games against Warren Point. Balamina and Corian, three games at home on the bounce where we've kept a clean sheet as well. And you can see, you know, being very well drilled under Paul Doolan. And, like, you know, obviously the hard work they're putting in the training pitch is sort of coming to fruition, so to speak. And, you know, it's it's four games unbeaten here for Portadown. Like, and I know, you know, it might, it might not have been like, oh, four games, whatever. But for us, you know, this season, you know, coming on the show week in, week out, and you're sort of trying to say the same things week out, oh, we've been a bit unlucky or we're close to it and but to go f- four games is it's it's a big deal and we've really put ourselves in the contention of you know getting out of trouble so as we speak we're currently one point behind Carrick Rangers we have a game in hand which is against Cliftonville here on Tuesday night we'll touch on that in a minute Going back to the Korean game, you know, you mentioned Adam Sally there. I think that's a player that's playing with a lot of confidence at the minute. You know, I think he's stepping up. Obviously, you know, there was a bit of a void when Lee Bonus left and Adam has, you know, taken the ball and ran with it, so to speak. And he's playing out of his skin at the minute. I think even the games, you know, 
where he, you know, he's had the captain's armband and stuff. You know, he 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 finished his captain on the game there on the other Saturday against Korean, and you know, I think he, he seems to enjoy that bit of extra responsibility as well. And he's forming a good partnership with Harry Anderson because between the two of them, you know, they've been chipping in the goals over the past few weeks, and you know, it's always a positive when you've got different players in different departments on the pitch are really starting to you know, put in really good performances. And another person that I want to say that, you know, has went under the radar, but in my opinion has been excellent in, in you know, the past month or so is, is George Tipton, who, Definitely. you know, start has, has got his place in the team, um, you know, since Michigo has been suspended. Obviously, he's back now. And he had started off well in his Porter and career, but he's been suspended and George has came in and, you know, took his, took his place, essentially, and... You know, George is playing out of his skin and he's keeping him out of the team, but that's what you want. You want competition for places and that bodes well for us, you know, especially going into the running here, you know, but if you want players that are bang in form and thankfully that, that seems to be the case with some of our players at the minute. Like, Yeah, no, I would totally second and echo what you say about George Tipton. I think he has been really stepped up and has been excellent these past three or four games or since he come in when, when Catalego got suspended. George has been one of our best players over the over the last six weeks or so, and um, probably one of the first names on the team sheet at the minute under Paul Doonan. That is, you know, his performances have been that good. You know, I'm sure it's it's been difficult for George with with um you know with with his dad there leaving the club and, and things like that. And I think maybe people thought that George would probably follow suit, but you know he's really knuckled down and um, has earned fully earned his place place in the team. And is worthy of the praise that he's getting at the minute. Like you said, there, you know, to uh, just to go back to Adam Sally, Adam too has really stepped up to the plate. I suppose you could call Adam one of the one of the senior players in the in, in the team now. Um, and he's you know since Lee Lee has left the club, you know, Adam I think was was challenged, you know, to, to step up and, and be that leader and to you know to try and take over from what Lee had been doing, and he certainly has done that. Um, it gives you that presence up front. You know, he's a he's a big lad, Adam. And then, um, you know, he, he's starting to use that, that presence up front. He's not afraid to have a pop either from from um, from far out and stuff. He was going against Palomina. Um, another one too, I think, you know, Carl Beveland has slipped under the radar a wee bit. And I think these past couple of weeks, you know, he come in in January in a difficult spell. And he, I think he picked up an injury and, you know, missed three or four weeks, not long after making his debut. But these last three or four weeks, I think he has been a real calm and influence and a real leader at the, at the back as well and has is, is, um, more than contributed to the to the good one that we're on at the minute this is the thing one of the things that you know we've always said you know throughout the season you know we do have a young team and sometimes I always thought earlier in the season we would be a bit naive and you look at the back four that we have at the minute that's playing so you have Michael Ruddy at left back, which is his natural position, and he has been outstanding in the past few weeks. You know, he's got the captain's arm. Often it looks like he's playing on one leg. He looks when, when he comes <laughs> walking down the tunnel, he looks like he's he's already limping. Um, but I think that's just that's just the type of the man. You know, he maybe isn't fully fit, but he gives hundred and ten percent. Um, and like you're going to stay there, you know, with his experience and all, and you know, I think he's been excellent as well. He's given us all for, for the team uh, and uh, doing his part. Exactly. And, you know, he's wearing the armband at the minute as well. And, 
thriving on the responsibility. So he, as you say, you know, he's got experience, you know, playing for Irish League for many a year. And then you've got Hard, of course. We've already discussed him. Paddy McNally's came back in, very experienced as well. And then Greg Hall, um, you know, Mr. Consistent, you know, so there's a, like, there's a solid back four there at the minute. And then obviously, you know, the players in front of them, you know, are, are thriving. And yeah, it, it, it's very good at the minute. The Korean game was very satisfying because again, Korean, you know, I know they've obviously been in a, on a sticky patch like recently, but at the same time, they can do serious damage on their day. And, you know, we kept them at bay. Um, it's probably one of the most enjoyable days of the season, to be honest, because, you know, it was a nice day and all as well. Sun was shining. We got a win, a clean sheet. But we'll not dwell on that for too long because there's another challenge on the horizon here. And it's one that it's going to be another few levels up because don't get me wrong, Corey and are a good side, but we're coming up here. We're going to be facing Cliftonville on Tuesday night. And that's Cliftonville who are just on the back of an Irish Cup semi-final defeat to Crusaders. So is this going to play into Portadown's advantage, so to speak? Because essentially now, so Olympia are four points clear of them. Cliptonville, obviously, the game in hand, which is against us. Do you think, because Cliptonville have to win this, because I'm not going to say their season's over, that's ridiculous talk, but if they didn't win against us, it would obviously give Linfield a massive advantage going into their game against them the following week. But can Portadown use defeat they had the Crusaders on Friday night to our advantage because essentially it is all or nothing now for them. They've already won the League Cup. They're challenging for the league, but you know, if they were to lose to us, so could that maybe force them into a few mistakes? Or is there going to be a backlash? It's hard hard to hard to gauge. We had the same conversation before the Korean game because Korean were coming into our match off the back of the League Cup final defeat to Cliftonville. Um, and we thought to ourselves, what way will this go? Will could we get a backlash from Korean, or will they be still, you know, disappointed and down in the dumps after after that defeat? So it's a wee bit like that. It's really hard to gauge. Games between Portland and Cliftonville at Shamrock in the main are, are pretty tight affairs. Um, I think we took them the extra time. I think in the League Cup earlier on in the season at Shamrock, and we drew with them. Yep. Um, as well, was that round by round by just before Christmas? You know, when yeah. they're in a really good run. Now, mm-hmm. our recent record over Cliftonville is, is very poor. I think we haven't beat them in a, in a long time. I haven't beat them at Shamrock Park. I was looking earlier on, I think 2011 was the last time we beat them at, at Shamrock Park. So we're due a victory over them. I was a bit, you, you're talking about the um, Cliftonville and being down in the dumps and stuff like that. Um, we haven't played for a couple of weeks. I just hope we haven't lost our momentum either. You know, we want a real good run. Then the two-week break probably came at a, at a bad time for us as well. Um, because we had that bit of momentum, that bit of confidence but behind us. Um, but I suppose playing Dolphins advocate has also give you a two-week break there to, to clear up any niggly injuries and, and things like that. Well, this is what I was gonna say. I listened to the score and Paul Doolan was on and he was saying that as well you know of course you know you're a bit of momentum but at the same time there's there's a few players that are playing with injuries and so by having the gap of a couple of weeks it gives them the opportunity to get fitter again like so and it also exactly. gives Paul the chance it also gives Paul the chance to to get over you know he's had two weeks without any games to worry about to really instill 
his training methods and his tactics and whatever you know, the mentality his mentality into the team because he, he's come in and he's more or less had Saturday, Tuesday, I think he would say himself, he wanted that bit of a gap to get to work with the team for a bit for a bit of time as well. Um when there isn't a game on a Saturday and a Tuesday and a Saturday and a Tuesday and you know it's difficult for a new manager coming in uh, in the final third of the season then to get his ideas across and, and get his his tactics and uh, training ideas across as well. So maybe that two weeks will, will have done the world of good there as well. Um, but it's, I don't like using this term, but it's sort of like a free hit as well for, for us because nobody, yeah. nobody expects us to get anything against against Cliftonville on Tuesday night. A point's a bonus. A point's a great result because Cliftonville's going for the league title. They've put a great run together. They, you know, So nobody expects Portadown to, to you know to get anything on Tuesday night. So the players can maybe go into the game without any pressure, without any expectation as such on them as to get a result because the five matches after this, that's when the pressure goes on. Those are the matches that, you know, everybody's expecting you to pick up points that you have to pick up points in. Well, this game just prior to it, um, like I say, against one of the, the challengers for the title, there's not that much expected of you. So maybe everything might come together and you know we could play into our hands and we can pick up a, a rare victory over Cliftonville. Well this is the thing. So if Portadown were to beat Cliftonville on Tuesday, which of course is a massive ask because they're a very good side and they were a bit out of sorts in the second half against Crusaders there um and on Friday night there. But if Portadown were to beat Cliftonville, effectively warm point are relegated. Mm-hmm. Now that they could obviously still claw back, you know, through goal difference and stuff but effectively they'd be gone now we're currently 12 points ahead of Warren Point we have a game in hand we're going into the split we'll play them next Saturday we'll, we'll talk about that as well And but if we were to get something against Cliftonville you know we, we, we can relegate Warren Point on the Saturday now obviously Carrick are one point ahead of us and Dungannon are four ahead they play each other as well so this week coming up is absolutely huge because you know I always thought and I always said, if Portadown can go into the split three points behind Carrick, I always said I'd be confident that we could catch them. It would be hard, but I, I would have confidence that we could do it. We're one point behind them now. Obviously, the game the other week, the two each, if we had a held on, I know it's all ifs and buts, and if you're, you know, all that sort I know, of on. Like, I was sort of thinking, it's all ifs and buts, and I'm sure all clubs could say this and that, if this happened, if that happened. You know, Carrick had a great start to the season, I think, mm-hmm. but, I think they've they picked up the maybe the majority of the points that they're sitting with now in their first ten games of the season, if not if if, if not less. Um, you look back, and like I say, you know it's very much ifs and buts and all. You know, they, they scored an injury time. We were tuning up against them at Shamrock Park, and they scored that injury time goal. They beat us up at Taylor's Avenue with a penalty, I think, early quite early in the season. Um, tuning up against them at Taylor's Avenue and ended up drawn, you know, to all. So there's been a lot of, if we had that luck, maybe that experience as well, you know, in those earlier games, that game where we were tuning up at Shamrock and we conceded the goal in the last minute, maybe a, an experienced head like a hard Beveland in there at that period of time, that, that doesn't happen. You see the game out, you manage the game out. Um, but listen, I'm the same as you. I never imagined that we would get close to Kirk never mind be a point behind him going into the split. And we have all our three major relegation um, 
rivals all at home. You know, Kiarak have to come to Shamrock, Warmbrine come to Shamrock. And you know, I think Dungallon swept us over the hill far away. I don't think they'll get pulled in. Although it's not, it's just not a big amount in it. But there we have them at home as well. Um, so, you know, it's it's all very, very positive. And hopefully we can use that positivity, have that bit of confidence and, and use, um, use everyone to our advantage. Okay, well, we'll move on to Saturday then. Obviously, we're going to be facing more in point. We've played three times this season. We've won three times, including, you know, the victory the other week. It was, it was massive. Um, if results were to go our way between now and then, obviously we could relegate them if we were to beat them. Now, listen, I'm listen. I, I don't want to tempt fate or anything. There's a lot of people say Warren Point are down until they are mathematically yeah. down. They are not down, so they're going to come. And you know, on Saturday there, um, or sorry, last Saturday. They played Linfield, and I was literally like, Linfield, please, 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 please score. Because suddenly, if they don't and they get a good point, of course, it would have been a, a only a point, but a, a point would have been, you know, massive for them in the sense that you're playing arguably the best team in the country, you know, league table don't lie, in my opinion, Mike. So that could have been massive for them mentally. And they go, like, you know what, lads, if we were to beat Portadown next week, you know, it's game on again, like, so. It's a confidence boost for them as well. You know, if they've got that draw against Linfield, yeah. you know, it's confidence for them going in to, to their game against us. Um, I was in the restaurant and it had dodgy phone signal. And the last I had checked, it was like on 88 minutes and it was one all. And I had sort of resigned myself to one point and picked up a point. So I was a happy jobby coming out and seeing that Linfield had scored a last minute winner. Um, but I'm exactly the same as you. One point aren't down until they're, they're mathematically down. You know, we've seen enough twists and turns over the years in football to know that everything doesn't always be black and white and doesn't always go how you think it's going to go. Um, it would take a, mon- a monumental run from one point, I think, to drag themselves out of it. Um, but it would get that monkey off our back, so to speak, that you know, we definitely can't finish bottom and keep looking upwards. Um, like you say, we've beaten 1.3 times already this season, so there's no reason why we can't beat them um, on on uh, Saturday. It'll be interesting to, just going back to the Clippenville match on Tuesday night, does, you know, does Paul go into it with the mentality of the bigger game is on Saturday um, against one point? You know, if there's anybody with a slight niggle or anything like that, does he keep them for Saturday? Rather than putting all his eggs into one basket for the Tuesday night against Cliftonville. Um but I don't know. I can't see him doing that, but I'm just um, thinking um, about it. The flip side of that is, right? Say you're Carrick, right? And you're one point ahead of us, right ahead of Portadown. Mm-hmm. If Portadown got a result against Cliftonville, we would jump Carrick. Now, if we won, we'd jump Carrick. If we draw, we're going the same points, and the goal difference is similar, but theirs would be slightly better. So, but psychologically, like, yeah, we could strike a blow on Carrick before we've even hit the split yet. So, for me, you have to play your strongest team, even if they're carrying knocks, because if you get something, oh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, I would agree, I would agree with that. Um, you also, who's Carrick's first game in the split? Do you know? It's Dungan on the Taylor's Avenue. So again, what, what you know, 
what way will that play? Like, will Dungannon go there happy just to get a point or yeah. whatever? Like, do you know what I mean? So there's all to play for. And I mean, even speaking of the split, you know, after that, you know, you've got, um, <clears throat> we've got to play Balamina and Glenavon away. And they're both vying, you know, for the European yeah. place. And then there's different permutations. If Balamina were to win the cup, then Glenavon, if they finish seventh, would get in. The, do you know what I mean? There's all the different permutations and all that carry on as well. But I, like, I never was, I never was really a big fan of the split and everything like that. But you can see its advantages at times like this, where every club nearly has something to play for, mm-hmm. rather than there being just loads of dead rubber matches, really. But they act, but um, all teams do. There is something yeah. to play for, even when you look at the top half of the split. You know, obviously, like European places and who you play in European playoffs, and if you have yeah. a home advantage away, you know. So, while I'm not a massive fan of the split, I can definitely at this time of year see, it, especially this season, can see the advantages of it because most teams have definitely, if not every team, has something to play for. Because, mm-hmm. as I said, one point can still survive. Obviously, yeah. Carrick, Dungannon, and Portadown. I know what you're saying about Dungan and being over the hill, but if a couple of results didn't go their way, they're sucked back in. Yeah. Um, them three will be are obviously looking to avoid the playoff. And then you've got Balamine and Glenavon are both fighting for the, the, the seventh spot, which could get a, a playoff place, so to speak. Um, so it, it does make for compelling viewing, I suppose. Um, not that when you say viewing, you'll not see Portland on the TV because we're the only team that doesn't have a TV game this season. Anyway. <laughs> Who's our grapes around in there, Nate? No, not at all. But just remember, folks, that um, if you can't make the game, um, we don't need to rely on the BBC or anyone else because we've got you covered on We Are Ports TV. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Speaking of uh, carry-ons and, and whatnot, um, what do you make of the whole uh, debacle at the Glens at the minute in the Cup? I just, on one point, on, on one side of the coin, I think to myself, I think it looks bad for Irish League football. How many, you know, why am I supporter and supporter? I'm an Irish League supporter as well. And I never like to see the Irish League get a bad rap or look amateurish. And I think the number of eligibility issues this season has done that. You know, Dundella, I think, fell foul a lot as well in the Irish Cup. And, different bits and bobs. But listen, to Lanto wants a full-time outfit. People on ALS, on the Irish League forums, were commenting that before the Queen's, or the Newry match, sorry, the Joe Crow wasn't eligible to play in it. You know, if, if people on a football forum, before the game is, before ball's kicked, know that Joe Crow isn't eligible to play in the match, Glantorn should know should know that as well. I think Glantorn's in the wrong. I think they're clutching at straws. Their statement they put out, or their the basis of their appeal, the the final point about the damage that it would cause the Glen Torrens, or is is laughable. I think they should just take their medicine. They made a cock up, live with it, learn from it, and and just don't don't do it again. And um, there's been a lot of criticism of the comment system as well. But listen, hey, may I understand this comments was only brought in as to accommodate team sheets and player registrations and things like that. It doesn't tell you, it isn't there to, to be, to nurse you into who's eligible for a game, who's not eligible for a game. That's maybe a different argument. Maybe there should be something for that. 
But I think that Tony's just made a major cock up. Just have take their medicine, they're in the wrong, and get on with it. I'm not dragging it out. I wouldn't like to think they're going to bring this to the court of arbitration. Next thing, the Irish Cup finals put back, and it, it just messes up everything. I like your pun there. Cock up for the cock and hands. You see what I've done there? I did. Very this good. This podcast has just through together, Neil. <laughs> um, this is our thing to touch on. You know, I'm chatting there about BBC games and stuff. What's your take on the semi Like, so what's your take on TV games at Windsor Park involving the Irish League? Do you not think it makes the Irish League look weak? Apart from the final, I don't, the other I, week? I don't like it at Windsor Park. I don't know what way the TV games work. Does the home side get the majority of the money? I'm not sure what way that works. But I do think when you put on games at Windsor Park, you know, Windsor Park's a good international stadium, don't get me wrong, but you know, it is a shell at Irish League matches. You know, we were at Port Hampton Linfield, what, five or six weeks ago, Linfield won one nil, and I think there's over a thousand at the match, there's bound to be. But I was we were sort of up by the, the Ports TV crew filming and stuff. So but like if somebody had told me there was two hundred at the match, I would have believed them because I've barely seen anybody. You know, it's just it's empty, an empty shell. It's not a great atmosphere and it doesn't come across well. Uh, you know, a typical Irish League match on TV. I often wonder, should the tech, I know it's a different thing, you know, I know the majority of Rangers and Celtic matches that they're on, on live TV, on BT, or on Sky, or never at Ibrox or, or Celtic Park. I know that's nothing to do with the crowd, you know, they feel that regardless. But I just think they need to need to look at it. And at the very least, if it's going to be at Windsor Park, put the supporters in the lower sections of the stand so you can see them, so it doesn't look like, like there's nobody there. Um. That's my thoughts on it anyway. I'm sure yeah. they'll go. They'll have a different argument of why should we be not get a TV game because it's at Windsor Park. But um, I think there's there's better scene. I think I know for your, your love of Lauren Neil, but I think Inver comes across well on on TV games. It does. Um, so it does. But and I think Seaview comes across well on on um, TV games as well. It's probably because they're compact grounds and they're not as big as as, as Windsor Park. Um, but I think at the very least, if they're going to show a TV game at Windsor Park, put the supporters in the lower bit of the stand so it, it comes across well on TV and doesn't just look like there's one man and his dog there. Yeah, no, that that's it. I just the other night I, I watched the semi final and I was just like, this place looks empty. And Clintendall brought a big support with him, but you couldn't see them. <laughs> so it's like, I know. what's the point? I don't think the semi-finals, and this is a completely separate point, I don't think the semi-finals, the Irish Cup should be played at Windsor. Um, I I really really hate that the FA Cup semi-finals are played at Wembley. It is a real pet hate of mine. There is absolutely no need for it. Um, Mm -hmm. Wembley, I know it's different because you play at Windsor Park and you play league games there, but I think those sorts of grounds should be only kept for big occasions or if you're playing Linfield there, you shouldn't be having the semi-final. Um, you know, why not play the semi-final at the Oval, for instance, you know, something like that. Yeah. I don't think Winter Park should be used um for semi-finals, but that's that's a different maybe different argument. I did uh, listen, I agree with you. I'm old school and I, again the same what you're saying there about the FA Cup. Uh again, the FA have signed a contract where you know, a certain number of games and all have to be played there. So um having been to Wembley for semi-finals and finals and stuff, I do agree with you. Like I, I 
to me, a, a semi-final should be like an Old Trafford or Villa Park or, you know, right. wherever. Like if, but, if, if Arsenal was playing Tottenham, or, you know, or say Liverpool's playing Everton, it's maybe because Arsenal Tottenham's London based team. So if Liverpool's playing Everton in the FA Cup semi-final, both teams have to trot down to, to London. You know, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Wembley should be this stadium that's, you know, the best of the, you only get to play there, you know, in, in cup finals or if you're playing for, for England or internationals or something like that. You know, it's, it's not, it, shouldn't, it should be the pinnacle of a footballer's career to play at Wembley, mm-hmm. not playing for yeah. in the semi-finals. Um, no, 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 I, I agree with you, but I, I also, uh, 100%, like, the me, the me Club Crusaders should have been an absolute banker for the Oval. Like, it, yeah. it's in Belfast and it's not, I don't know. It's, again, that's a debate for another even time. even in even in Ver Park or you know isn't that far away. You know, there's plenty but, of ground. Listen, Johnny, Belfast teams aren't going to travel outside of Belfast. They've been a whole palaver with that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? That, that, no, even, no, no, no. I know. It's it's just it's never they're not. You get, get the Belfast clubs would go. Why why should we travel to Larne or down to Bournemouth Park whenever we're in Belfast? It's like yeah, well, not that far away. It's like literally twenty five minutes away. I'm still bitter about the Irish Cup final of 2015 being played at Glen Torrance home ground of the Oval. Well, that's the thing. Like, you see recently with the Glens kicking off about their this whole hoo-ha and all, I feel like going, look at what happened in 2015. Shut your mouths, the absolute clowns. And do you know another thing, right? I don't know why I've discussed this with you before, right? But sure, we'll discuss it on air here as well. Do you know the way on Twitter now, basically stuff, you know what I'm going to say here, stuff appears now on your Twitter feed of people you don't even follow, you don't even know, but it's based on mutual interest. So like you say, you're a fan of the Irish League. I'm a fan of the Irish League. And, but in the last sort of couple of months, all that just appears on my feed is just random Glen Torn fans talking a big game and overhyping themselves. And ever since they started doing that, they have just went, and then all this disaster. And it's all I see, like all these random Twitter feeds. And I'm like, I'm sick of seeing garbage about Glen Thorne. You have screwed up. Deal with it. Like, And to be fair, I think the majority of Glen Thorne fans would admit that the boobed. There, there is yeah. a section there that thinks that, you know, if, if Mac McDermott told him that the sky was black during the day, that they would... They would Taking this gospel, but um, you know, I just think they have to. I think I know what you mean. There's always something to be said about being humble, keeping your tongue in your mouth until you have got yourself over the line because you oh. only set yourself a, a real, a real downfall. This, this is my saying, like on a different topic, you know, I watched the old firm today, and when when Celtic appointed. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name, but there was a lot of criticism from all quarters, you know, from from lots of Rangers fans about the managerial appointment that he wasn't any good and, and stuff like that. And, you know, he's had like six points clear with six points with six games to play. I always think yeah. you should just just keep a low profile, keep your head down, not saying nothing until you over over the line because it always comes back to bite you. Well, this is the thing. Like I always just laugh because the Glen Torn fans were getting up. A- like all these stupid tweets appearing of being like, we're the best supported team and have the biggest fan base and we're massive. And then just bit, like, every week after week. And then after all these tweets ha- were appearing and on, and then they get beat by Lauren twice. They drew with us. 
they beat them feeling that it all started up again and then all this nonsense happened and the thing as you say just saying I, I don't get it like just saying nothing you just sat yourself you sat yourself up for a downfall and people people take pleasure in somebody that's boasting and blowing they take pleasure then whenever it all falls apart of, of <laughs> making sure that the nose fell apart I'd rather each to their own and everybody can do what they want to do don't get me wrong I'm not saying don't support it don't back your club but do it in a certain way that you don't come across as arrogant and when the wheels come off everybody's not sitting pointing and laughing at you because you've been going on about how great you are all season indeed right before I go I'm going to ask you one last thing okay right prediction time who is going to win between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the tribal chief and we've got Cowboy Brock. Who's gonna who's gonna win both belts? <laughs> I can literally hear and see Mark Beatty rolling his eyes at this final conversation. Good. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a, a shoddy finish, I think, Neil. And I think I think Brock Lesnar wins. Really? With the, help, with the help of Paul Heyman. You know, you do know Neil that the majority of, of listeners and watchers to this podcast switched off as soon as, as, soon as you said Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Here, if he wins, you'll be sitting with a cowboy hat on, a Stetson. On, I will. On a big, uh, that's, big what I, that's what I wore on Tuesday shirt. night. That's Indeed. what I wore on Tuesday night. I'm going to go. I think Roman Reigns wins. I think I think Brock will be doing the job, to be perfectly honest, but we'll find out in due course. Right, folks, on that cheery note, um, we shall let you go. And um, before we do go, don't forget to like and subscribe to the We Are Ports TV YouTube channel. And you can find us on various social media outlets and different podcast platforms such as Spotify, Anchor, etc. etc. Johnny, you're our social media guru at Porter Down. So we're on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, yes, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, like you said to me, or Reports TV, YouTube. We're all over the place, Neil. You'll not miss us. Indeed. And anybody that can't make the game on Tuesday night or Saturday against um, Warm Point as well, um, you'll be able to avail of the stream on We Reports TV. Um, you have commentary on Tuesday night? Yes. So if anyone is going to listen, make sure you bring your earmuffs. <laughs> I've just I've just had confirmation of your co your co commentator on Tuesday night is Philip Major. Actually, mm-hmm. he's just confirmed our now, Neil. So oh, very good. You be in the the company of greatness on I on on Tuesday night. Brilliant. I'm looking forward to that. Look, I, that's that's because I'm sitting on one side of you, but Philip he'll be sitting at the other side of you as well. Uh, <laughs> very good. No, I'm looking forward to that. now. that's good. That's cool. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I think we'll just we'll leave it there. Johnny, as always, thank you for coming on, and I'm sure we'll we'll see and hear from you again on the show very, very soon. So we'll leave it at that. Come on, ports, two wins here, please. <laughs> see you later. Bye.